the way that you guys analyze data sets apply that same thinking to analyze your own mind when you are self aware of the situations in terms of how would you react what do we want to achieve if you keep thinking about these questions and take time for yourself you can actually change your mindset and actually amplify it to always match it to that wavelength which is going to take you to the positive landscape anybody can do it is you do not need a coach you do not need someone else to tell you what do you need to work on you can start working between your mind and soul and then bring it together and change your mindset What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Artists of Data Science podcast. My goal with this podcast is to share the stories and journeys of the thought leaders in data science, the artists who are creating value for our field through the content they're creating, the work they're doing, and the positive impact they're having within their organizations, industries, society, and the art of data science as a whole. I can't even begin to express how excited I am that you're joining me today. My name is Harpreet Sahota, and I'll be your host as we talk to some of the most amazing people in data science. Today's episode is brought to you by Data Science Dream Job. If you're wondering what it takes to break into the field of data science, check out dsdj.co forward slash artists with an S for an invitation to a free webinar where we'll give you tips on how to land your first job in data science. I've also got a free open mastermind Slack community called the Artists of Data Science Loft that I encourage everyone listening to join. I'll make myself available to you for questions on all things data science and keep you posted on the bi-weekly open office hours that I'll be hosting for our community. Check that out at artofdatascienceloft.slack.com. Community is super important and I'm hoping you guys will join the community where we can keep each other motivated, keep each other in the loop on what's going on with our own journeys so that we can learn, grow, and get better together. Let's ride this beat out into another awesome episode and don't forget to subscribe, follow, like, love, rate, and review the show. Our guest today has two decades of global technology and financial experience, delivering business and organizational impact across a variety of roles. Her completeness of vision and ability to communicate, organize, and lead her teams to execute on that vision is powered by her capacity to generate positive energy on any team that she's a part of. In fact, she's distilled her principles into what she calls the three Ps, passion for the latest technology and data analytics and business intelligence, power to fix things and generate positive energy and alignment on her teams, and putting her people first by setting her teams up for success. Her wide diversity of experiences has been an energizing factor in her career, allowing her to focus on impacting her stakeholders through the many different roles she's held in her organization over the last 14 years. 
And if you're wondering what organization that is, it's a tiny operation in the Pacific Northwest that you may have heard of called Microsoft. During her 14 years at Microsoft, she's held various leadership positions within the finance department and in 2016 was promoted to the head of technology and data analytics. As of February 2020, she's moved even further up the ladder and is currently the director of technology and analytics. She's spoken at many national and international events and conferences over the last two decades on topics ranging from executive data science, the future of data science, leadership, motivation, managing communication, and visualization and storytelling, to name a few. She's a leader with a vision and has a contagious passion and enthusiasm for her work. She's an outstanding speaker, excellent collaborator, energizer, motivator, and ideator. So please help me in welcoming our guest today, a technology leader, speaker, coach, artist, and volunteer, Buja Sand. Buja, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and being on the show today. I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you, Harpreet. Wow, the introduction that you gave me was really impressive. And I was like, hmm, is it really me? Or do I need to give credit to all those people who have inspired me? So I'm here today ready to share my experiences and my journey with my audience. And I'm oh, ready awesome. to contribute to your success. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I'm sure that everybody listening, even if it's just my nani will learn so much from you and your story. Uh, but you've had quite an interesting path into the world of data. Uh, when you initially initially graduated with your MBA, your goal was to be a financial analyst. Uh, talk to me about the path you took from finance into data analytics. And can you share some tips on those making a similar transition? Yes. And actually, I would like to take us back on this journey. Initially, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor and I tried my best. I did not get into the best university that I wanted to get in. So then I had a discussion with my mom and she said, you know what? It's never end of the world. The passion, the energy that you have, if you will apply that mindset to any other profession, you would excel. So I took that advice to my heart. I changed my profession and then I went um, in and I decided to do my MBA. And when I was doing MBA, I realized that, you know what, um, up since the time that I was a kid, I was really good in maths and science. And I was like, why I didn't think to be um, become an engineer at that time. I was so focused on becoming a doctor to serve the broader community. I said, maybe, you know what, I can still serve the community by um, being a data scientist or by being an, a data analytics manager and by being the person who can liaison between, to bring both of these things into equation. And I set my goal and my goal was to be a financial analyst in a world right let's say number one company back then was Microsoft and I remember one um, day in our college our director of MBA Institute she came over and she was having this group discussion with students and she asked each and every one of us she was like where do you see yourself in the next five years after completing MBA and at that time I was just dreaming I was dreaming and I had that mission and vision ready in front of me and I said to her I want to join Microsoft one day and I truly think that the skill set that I have and the uncompromising and un unflinching faith in my capabilities would get me closer to the role and here I am fast forward 15 years being with Microsoft love this company and I would just say that you need to really look at the things that are in front of you decide what are the things that excites you more what are the different let's say time slots on in your day-to-day -day basis where you find yourself in your excellence zone. I'm not talking about the time when you are in your great mode zone or let's say, oh, this is the best zone. I'm talking about the zone where you can call yourself 
as being an excellent person because you just lose track of time. And I feel that when I am working on the projects that involves analytics and technology, I just lose track of time. So I found my passion and I embraced it with open heart. That reminds me of uh, that flow state. Um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He talks about that, that state of flow. And just mm-hmm. hearing you talk about that, oh my God, it gives me chills. Like hearing your passion and enthusiasm for what you do. And it's awesome that, I mean, I'm uh, you know coming from an Indian background, having parents who like really only think there's two careers, right? Doctor or mm-hmm. engineer. Uh, so right. it's awesome that you had parents that were like, hey man, just do whatever it is that fulfills you and makes you happy. That was an awesome story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. What's up, artists? Check out our free open mastermind Slack channel, the Artists of Data Science Loft at artofdatasciencelofft.slack.com. I'll keep you posted on the bi-weekly open office hours that I'll be hosting, and it's a great environment and community for all of us to talk all things data science. Look forward to seeing you there. Throughout your, your tenure at Microsoft, you've got some awesome experience building and leading analytics teams from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some things that aren't taught in school about leadership that you want to share with our listeners? I'll say it really goes back to the things that can make any person be a leader because leader doesn't leadership is not a title that's being given to you. It's a it's a role, it's a responsibility that you play. So no matter at what role do you have to play in your current team, startup, company or or even in nonprofits, you can still be a leader by working on some of the skills that I really worked on. Number one was ability to see the big picture. And I'll be honest, I did not have that skill set before when I started. I really worked on it, like ability to look beyond thinking outside the box. How can you bring your company goals and to your look at the team goals connected to your bigger organization goals and then to your company goals and then building that network of people, not just around you, Within your with your team members, but with people outside. So the things that school didn't uh, teach me, but I really worked on it by myself were strategic thinking, negotiation, ability to network in and out, and building this network of ally. And if you are passionate about your business, if you are curious about data, you have this influencing capability without authority, and you have that problem solver mind share mindset, you would be able to achieve exponential success in life. Excellent. Excellent. Excellent advice. Thank you. So, so apart from the technical skills, uh-huh. what what do you look for in a data professional? I mean, you've mentioned a few few the the key tips for leadership. Do you have any tips on how someone can cultivate those qualities within themselves? Yes, I would. Uh, and that's a great question because I often get asked this question by all of my mentees which uh, who are in Microsoft or who are outside. A couple of things that really stood out or that really um, stood out when I have interviewed candidates. Number one is having that curiosity, curiosity to learn. If a candidate can demonstrate that in an interview, that they are ready to learn, they are open, they have been open in their career in terms of learning from different projects and how they are able to connect the dots. I think that skill set would take them further down in the professional career because why I'm saying it, when you are curious about the data, passion is one thing. Ability to connect the dots and having 
maintaining that problem solving mindset when you are proactive when you are creative and innovative and you are, you can collaborate well with the different team members whether they are in finance or in hr or in legal those skills are the one that every single interviewer or hiring manager is looking for so make sure in your discussions in your interviews even if that interview is going to be for a data scientist or data engineer or even uh, i would say data analyst manager make sure you take time to think about creating your story that can demonstrate to the hiring manager that you have curious mindset mind shared mindset problem solver you are a person who can influence without authority you are proactive creative collaborative and innovative wow that is some amazing advice i'm going to have to listen to this about 10 more times that was so much valuable information there no thank I- you you're too generous I mean, kind of connecting back to the pr- previous question, I've heard in, in one of the other interviews that I've heard with you that insights aren't useful without understanding the key question to be answered. What are some ways or some probing questions we could ask our stakeholders so that we can cut through the BS and figure out exactly what the key problem to be solved is? And that's an excellent question because oftentimes we have seen individuals who are either in the high performing quadrant or even in the low performing or meeting the bar quadrant, they would just like to go in and start working on their project. And my honest advice, my open candid advice to all of those people who are listening to this session would be rather than jumping in take time to understand the problem think about what is the plan that here is going to help you solve the problem from a different angle and think about the questions that are going to help you get closer to the goal because you do not want to be in a situation where you are already halfway along the project and then the new questions would come up or things would have changed and you were like oh uh, we didn't think of that dependency so the key questions the three key questions that i often ask my users and i make sure that my team are aware my team members are aware of it the first one is around what is that thing that we are trying to solve help us paint the picture in terms of the problem so when you're talking to your business partners understand spend i would say spend 20 to 30% of the time to understand the problem at a deeper level ask your business partners help me paint the picture i want to see what you want to be solved if the problem is solved what would be the future how would the future shape up and get that picture in your head number 1 number 2 ask them the questions about risk what is the risk involved here if we would not do it this way what would be the roi what do we what would we miss if we will know it this way compared to that way and the, the third is i would say specifically around return on investment there are many projects that we often get to work on and at the end of the day it depends upon the prioritization you have to really look at the projects that are going to help you drive incremental impact so you can actually contribute not just to your team but to the broader financial hr legal or whichever retail retail or manufacturing or and to the broader company pick those projects and along the way make sure you reach out to your stakeholders and ask for continuous feedback because that would complete the cycle and would close the gaps that are there between your understanding and what they will think that you would end up producing i tend to spend the vast majority of the time on mm-hmm. when i'm facing a new problem just thinking about how i'm going to proceed with it right just kind of not i don't want to say ruminating but just really doing thought experiments and and thinking through possible solutions so it seems like it's quite in line with your process which i'm i'm happy to hear it, it maybe i'm on my way to becoming a thought leader in data science you yes yes <laughs> definitely have set a high bar 
are for yourself, for your team members, and for everyone around. Because the moment you will think of taking a step further, you are actually bringing everybody's acumen up. So what is your take on what it means to be a thought leader in, in data analytics? And how could one go from, or how could one be a thought leader, even if they're operating out of a individual contributor type of role? That's a brilliant question. I would say for me, my list of hallmarks of success includes, number one, projects that can help you create new knowledge for yourself, for your team, and for your company. Number two, if you are able to actually have a report presentation or an app, and that app has been created with an impact. And then the third and the fourth most would be like looking at the outcomes. Can you quantify them? If you can quantify your outcomes, you would be able to actually let the users know that they are not just working on a project, you have actually helped paint the picture. So one of the great things that I really um, am proud about in my professional career was not just working on the data analytics project that I did in my professional um, career of, I would say, 15 years. Actually, the thing that I'm most proud about was about the project that I did uh, last year, beginning last year, which was thinking about the future of my broader group. Where do I want to take my group to? Uh, in the next three to five years. So if you look at it, it's not a project that would have a timeline, meaning it would not be done within three months or six months or nine months. Here I'm talking about the project that might take us either three years, four years or five years. And what we are trying to do is we are trying to not just look at, let's say, analytical projects. We are looking at what are the different pain points that my group is facing? Where are different pockets of opportunities? And how can I leverage technology and analytics to solve those pain points? So there are going to be uh, projects that are tied to a processes. There are going to be projects tied to people and then technology. So people, process and technology, you're going to create this ecosystem or platform that is going to unify these three things together. And when you are able to unify these three things together, along with industry knowledge, and you know how to share best practices, learn and share, you are already putting yourself into that thought leader quadrant. That's awesome advice. Kind of shifting gears a little bit here. One thing I love hearing you say is is talking about mindset because I think mindset uh-huh. is is so important and uh-huh. really underrated. I was wondering if you could talk to me a bit about how one can change their mindset from the impossible to the I'm possible mindset and maybe how having this mindset has helped shape your success in your career. <laughs> I would say you can actually ask this question to my kids too, because I often like to be the person who can bring uh, the learnings from professional world and I'll bring it to the personal world and then I'll take the learnings back from personal to professional. So to me, I'm trying to have this balance most of the times and I want to make sure that people are aware that the way that you guys analyze data sets, apply that same thinking to analyze your own mind. When you are self-aware of the situations in terms of how would you react and what is the best possible outcome? What do we want to achieve? If you keep thinking about these questions and take time for yourself, you can actually change your mindset and tune it or actually amplify it to always match it to that wavelength, which is going to take you to the positive landscape. So here is an example. There have been multiple opportunities um, that have been offered to me in the last 15 years. And back then when I was young, I used to say, yes to each and every opportunity because I'm like, oh, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna be able to learn new things and I'm going to 
dig into a new word and I'm going to take this opportunity, learn from it and then share it with others. Then later on, I realized if I'll keep on saying yes, 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 I have this open mindset, which is opposite to this fixed mindset. But if I'll keep on saying yes to every single opportunity, I'm not actually prioritizing and strategizing the things that can be done by me compared to others. I can actually develop others on the team by passing those opportunities to them. So by doing that, I have been able to open the mindset of few people who are in my mentee circle and they are able to tune their mindset to more to being more positive and inclusive compared to what their thinking was originally. So it's just, it's really a habit. I would say we, if you do not know how to dance, you can start taking a class and you can learn the basics. Then you can take on a next class and can get to the next level. And it's similar to other classes. If you do not know anything about data scientists, I would say you enroll yourself in a, a course through Coursera, edX or Udemy, and then you start building on to that. First create the foundation and you start building onto that. It's similar to that, but for your mindset, you do not have to take any classes. You just need to start taking time for yourself to start observing you and where do you want to take you. If you want to take yourself to, let's say, 10 years down the road, you want to be the CVP of an organization and you want to be a thoughtful leader, you need to start creating your mission vision and you need to start having those goals. But guess what? You would not be able to achieve all of this if you do not train your mind to start thinking like that. Think like you are in that future position right now. If you have to ask yourself, what did you do to be here where you are? What are the questions that you would ask yourself? And what are the things that you would say to yourself? Yes, I did a good job because I thought about it and that's why I'm here. And then take those learnings, tell your mind that if I'll do it, I would be here and I would make I would make this future state a real state. So anybody can do it. It's just like you do not need a coach. You do not need um, someone else to tell you what do you need to work on. You can start working between your mind and soul and then bring it together and change your mindset. That's very, very powerful. Everything you said right now. Again, I've got like chills all over my body because I resonate oh, so, so much with me because, uh, you know, I had up until just a few years ago, I had the most terribly fixed mindset uh-huh. and it, it does take a lot of work for you to break out of that fixed mindset, right? So it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's I shifted my central kind of belief now to, to the fact that, okay, I'm roughly average and a lot of roughly average people have gone on to do amazing things. That mm-hmm. means that human potential is pretty much nearly limitless, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of putting in the hard work, the yes. effort, and mm-hmm. realizing that even if you fail along the way, that all the hard work you put in is eventually going to be rewarded in the form of new skills, in the form of gains in, in profession or career, right? It'll everything for that sure, you put in, sure. the effort will be rewarded. It's yes. never, never for nothing. And um, yeah. it, once I broke out of that mindset that it, my life has changed completely. For me, it was after reading the book by Stanford professor Carol Dweck. Um, I was about to mention it, but I'm glad that you speak my, <laughs> yeah, you read my yeah. mind. Yeah, it's such a good book. And just that work, that's most most important book, I think, in the English language that really changed my life completely. Awesome. Um, and and like you said, it's it's about habits too, right? If you catch yourself in that negative thought pattern, then let that be the catalyst to a new thought process that's the exact opposite of mm-hmm. your fixed thought process, right? So have that have that negative thought be the catalyst for a new habit loop. And that new habit loop is just reminding yourself that I'm roughly average, but roughly average people go on to do amazing things. 
Therefore, right. I can go on to do amazing things. I just need to work and put in the effort. Oh man, that was so great. Thank you so much for that. Um, you're welcome. Great. And actually the point that you just mentioned, I love it. And you're like an uh, average person. So think about it. When we have this mind share mindset, if you can train your mind to have this mind share and growth mindset, you are not only calling on your uh, achievements or you are not only leveraging your experiences, but actually you are, when you're working on a team, you are leveraging the best out of each person and then collectively you success becomes bigger than what you originally thought about. So gone are the days when people wanted to just get first position in their class or first rank, let's say, in their universities, or even now, like, hey, I want to be an excellent performer. I want to win that platinum award. Gone are the days when you work towards the awards. You work towards the team project. You work collectively and blur the lines between your org and other orgs. And then you see the success would just follow you along. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Um, I, I think I think it's really awesome that you are speaking to your kids about having this growth mindset and and taking the teachings from the business world and bring them home and and vice versa. My wife and I are expecting our first child in a couple. Oh, months congratulations! Here. Thank you, thank you. And she uh, she's laughing at me because. Uh, I just bought a ton of children's books, but my children's books are written by Simon Sinek, <laughs> Seth Godin, uh, man, Ray Dalio. Like I, all my favorite authors, I went and bought their children's books so I can read them to my kids. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to something you were saying earlier, um, you know, I, I saw this actually in a recent post of yours on LinkedIn saying that achieving personal growth starts with being self-aware. I absolutely love that. And I've you know, found that to be a central theme in my life recently, something that I'm really striving towards. Mm-hmm. Can you share some tips with our listeners on what it means to be self-aware and how one can develop their own self-awareness? So oftentimes we all have heard of this buzzword, executive presence. What is executive presence? Executive presence is just a capability for you to have that innate power over yourself and others. And in order to conquer, let's say the word, you have to conquer yourself. So that that's what I mean by self-awareness. People, I have seen people, including me, thinking that, hey, I need to do these courses, these courses. I need to keep on learning, keep on learning. Yes, there is nothing wrong with it. But at times, you need to really look at already the arsenal that you have created for yourself. You already have that toolkit. You have things that are working out for you. It's always good to be in a mode of continuous learning, but oftentimes we need to take a pause and look at, evaluate ourselves and see, you know what, you have everything that is needed to make you successful and others successful. So bringing that that capability to be self-aware of the things that you are really good at. If you know your superpower, powers and you know how to capitalize them, then you can be really successful. So that's what I mean by being self-aware is the key to success. Because when you are self-aware, you already have that executive presence. You know yourself, the presentations, the communication that you're going to have would resonate more with people because people can judge who is real and who is not real. You are going to be the person who is not going to talk, 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 who is going to walk the talk and they would appreciate that servant leadership, that genuine leadership that you'll bring. And and that's what I mean, that we need to spend time as individuals in this technology era on ourselves in addition to upgrading our skill sets. I don't know why this quote just came in my head, but you know, you're only a leader if people want to follow you. And typically people want to follow 
people who are, like you said, servant leaders. And part of being a servant leader is being self-aware enough to recognize that when you're on a team, it's not about you. It's about helping yes. everyone around you, lifting everybody up so that everyone can be successful. Because yes. everybody gets a bigger piece of the pie when the pie is bigger itself, right? Oh, I love it. Um, Harpreet, you are actually making a point which is similar to the point that one of my mentor, virtual mentor, Marshall Goldsmith, who is in the Hall of Fame as the thinker, as the leader of modern century. And one of his um, comment around this servant leadership was like, there are people who would keep on having success in their life. They do not realize it that after one point, the success is not limited to just their own success. Success means bringing, making others on their teams, in their bigger groups, in their other organizations as winners. So make sure when you reach that level, you have to play a bigger role. And that role is beyond the role that have been given to you. I was wondering if you could speak to your experience being a woman in tech and if you have any advice or words of encouragement for our listeners. The best advice that I'll have for you would be, be you, not somebody else. Make sure you know your own worth, be assertive, and do not hesitate if you have an idea to bring it across. So before we jump into our lightning round here, I've got my last question. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing you want people to learn from your story? Passion. Combine your passion with your leadership persona and create your brand. Know your superpower. What is your superpower? That is going to help you create your own brand. And my brand is 3P. And this is who I am at home, at work, with my friends, outside in the bigger community. That's who I am. Are you an aspiring data scientist struggling to break into the field? Well, then check out dsdj.co forward slash artists to reserve your spot for a free informational webinar on how you can break into the field. That's going to be filled with amazing tips that are specifically designed to help you land your first job. Check it out. dsdj.co forward slash artists. I love it. So let's jump into our lightning round here real quick. Just quick answers for, for these questions. What's the weirdest question you've been asked in an interview? Now, since you have two kids, would you stop traveling? Really? Somebody actually asked that, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like appropriate. But that doesn't, yes. That doesn't sound appropriate. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the weirdest answer to that question that I've got from all of my guests so far. Um, and the other one that I can think about, um, it was a question that... Uh, we were wrapped on when after doing our MBA, which was, hey, how many stairs were there when you came up through elevator to this <laughs> um, conference room? And we're like, what would be the answer? We would say that, hey, we, we took the elevator up. No, nope. um, what were the number of stairs? So at that time, they're looking for how a person behaves in a situation when there is ambiguity and complexity, when there is no uh, answer that has been given. So you can just be confident. You can just make up a number and say it. And this is based on the assumptions. Either you can do that or you can say, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can ask someone. So it all boils down to which skill we are demonstrating by giving um, what kind of answer. Uh, what's your favorite question to ask during an interview? What is your superpower? <laughs> awesome. And what's your superpower? I already told you. By now, I would expect Harpreet that you would know how. But you tell me what's my superpower and then you tell uh, our audience what is your superpower. 
Oh man, I think just from our conversation here, your your superpower is definitely like just your passion and enthusiasm for everything you do, like your work. Like you really do treat your work just by the way you're talking to me. I, I feel like you treat it like an art form. Like it really is an expression of uh, not just work, but emotional labor. Like you're putting everything you've got into what you're doing. And it's so inspiring to me. What is your so, superpower, Fabric? My superpower? Uh, um that's a good question. Like I, I'd say my superpower is just, I just want to help people. Um, so I guess th- that would be my superpower is just helping people somehow in any way possible see that there is a better version of them that they can strive to achieve. And, you know, sharing other people's story, um, I think is one way I can do that. Right. Cause I'm, Very good. I'm hoping that's, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast, here's the interview I have with one of my guests and that guest story resonates with them enough that it becomes kind of like a, a Roger Bannister effect for them, right? Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with Roger Bannister, I'm not. but he was the first human ever to break the four minute mile mark. Mm-hmm. So he, he got to, you know, he did a four minute mile in like three minutes, 59 seconds and like 14 seconds. Oh my before, God, amazing. Before he did that, Scientists thought it was humanly impossible. Uh, but then once he beat that four minute mark, just within the year, I think like a dozen people beat his record, um, all because he showed them what's possible. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to do with this podcast is just show people what's possible by sharing other people's story. And that's so powerful and encouraging, Harpi. So kudos to you for taking time to contribute to other success, to other people's success and whom you have never, not even met yet. So yeah, that's thank encouraging. You. Thank you. So what's Satya Nadella like in real life? He is a person and that's what's best about him. He is an empathetic leader. He is there and without any boundaries, he would just share things and oh my god that that knowledge that brain power that he has and how simply he just conveys his ideas so i am just a huge admirer of satya nadera's leadership around creating clarity generating energy and delivering success and he is really creating that environment where everyone can give their best work so that's him in real life that's amazing and honestly it sounds a lot like you that's oh awesome. thank you <laughs> <laughs> so what's a what's a non-fiction book that you think everybody should read non-fiction uh, you mean the data science book Oh, oh, just just any book doesn't have to be specific to uh, data science, but just you know any nonfiction book. Now, since uh, this podcast is about the data scientist, I would actually be mindful. And then the nonfiction book example that I can give would be around data scientists. Um, but I would say data science from scratch. So people who want to build their acumen and uh, want to enter into this profession, they can start reading the books that are at level 101. So data science from scratch. Yeah, that's a great book. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll drop that one in the show notes so that people... Um know which one we're talking about. So what about a fiction book that you think every data scientist should read? I don't have any. (laughs) Which one would you recommend? So I'd recommend for you since... um I think you'd really enjoy this book. There's two books I'd recommend for you. And I think you just, based on our conversation, I think you'd really, really enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. And the other one is called The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. I forgot who wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel, um, but that's a short, quick, short read. And then Paulo Coelho, The Alchemist. Sounds good. I'll give it a read, yeah. All right. So how do people connect with you? If you have specific questions, 
sent me a message over LinkedIn. If you are looking for advice in terms of entering the profession or entering into this profession or leadership skills or traits, just let me know the topics and I'll cover it in my future posts on LinkedIn. So I can not only just cater to your need, but I can cater to the broader um, industry need. Awesome. Um, so I'll leave your LinkedIn profile information on the show notes as well. And people can go ahead and follow you on there. Luda, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I really appreciate all the insights you've shared with with our audience today and um, i know that there's so much that people can learn from you thank you you're very welcome harpreet and thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my experiences with others because there are so many people in my life who have inspired me so if in any way shape and form i can inspire just a bit and let people be the best version of themselves i'll feel that i i did my i played my role